All right, so vampire repellent, which it seems like the most appropriate kind of box for October. Well, you know, I do like to keep vampires away from me, so. Right. It's a good idea. Because, yeah. Safety know, first. Mortalness, immortalness. <laughs> all Welcome to Curdcast, the podcast for people who like to eat cheese. I'm Jen Mason. I'm here with my co-host, Julie Fafan Balzer. Hi, Julie. Hi. So glad to have you back for another plate of cheese. Me too. I want to eat your cheese. <laughs> I feel like singing in this. Um, we'll see if I sing in this <laughs> podcast. Yeah, so um, this month's theme for our curd box is vampire repellent. And we're going to find out the third cheese in, really why we did it, but... Um, that is a scary statement to make, right? Jen. Halfway through the that box, is, that is a very scary you're going to find out. It's very, uh, I was very sneaky this time. But I'm um, really excited about this box because do you know what month October is? Halloween? Well, that's a day in the month. The whole month. <laughs> I'm pretty sure the whole month is Halloween, also known as pre-Christmas. <laughs> yes. Yes, where you start in orange so you can lead up to red. Exactly. Um, yeah, so... October is American Cheese Month. And when I say American Cheese, I don't mean the kind that's in the packaging. I mean, like, American Artisanal Cheese. This is the month every cheese store, any cheese store you go to, uh, even your grocery stores that have cheese counters, they are celebrating American Cheeses. And American Cheeses are pretty awesome. So I'm really excited that um, all three cheeses we have in this box are American Cheeses. And only one is orange. Well, the orange one is special also for Halloween. Because if you're going to put a plate out, you might as well, like... Eat with your eyes as well as with your mouth, I guess. With your fangs. Yes, with your fangs. Um, so let's start with our first cheese, the orange cheese. The orange cheese. Go ahead. I should also say that I have a negative feeling towards orange cheese. Yeah, right? Because I feel like it's fake. Let's talk orange I cheese for a like, second. Okay, so Kraft Singles, yes. which by the way, my brother would not eat cheese when he was a kid. And so I tricked him. Oh, no. I know. I told him that they were it was candy cheese. And that's why <laughs> <laughs> and then he ate it and he liked it, which is why I knew that the eating cheese was not a taste thing. It was a mental yeah. thing. But anyway, regardless, so for years he ate candy cheese oh. only, exclusively, which was this orange cheese. But yeah, I mean, in general, I feel like when I see orange cheese, I think of cheese out of a can. I think mm. of Kraft Singles. I think of all the fake cheeses. Yeah. I don't think of like no cow or no goat. No, definitely know, no goat. Sheep yeah. have like orange milk. Right. Yeah. Anytime you see an orange cheese, it is colored. But in an artisanal cheese, it is usually colored with an with a natto seed. So it is a seed like you would color something with turmeric or saffron, which would turn it yellow. This it's done purely for the aesthetic of having a color in it. Um, there are cheeses out there like a really aged Gouda that almost seem orange, but it's just they've been aged so much that. Um, the color kind of intensifies, and so it almost appears orange. But this is bright orange. This is done with natural annatto seed. This is not um, orange seed or orange like color number five or mm -hmm. something, whatever you'd put well, in I'm there. I'm excited to taste this because, again, like when I think of orange cheeses, I think of sort of low quality. So yeah. artisanal orange cheese. Let yeah. us see what that tastes like. So this comes from Emmy Roth out mm, of Wisconsin. Mm. This is mm. super... Friendly, playful cheese. Now, cheddar? It is actually, so here's the interesting thing. It is made with a Gouda recipe, but it hmm. definitely tastes much has more cheddar-y. a cheddar taste to it. So maybe the smell is cheddar-y, and that's mm -hmm. what's making me think cheddar, too. Yeah, it's it's a really... So is it a Gouda? It, it, well, 
It's not made in the Netherlands, but it is a Gouda recipe made in Wisconsin. Hmm. So here's an interesting thing, right? So we're talking American cheeses, but I'm feeding you a Gouda made in America, and it tastes a little bit like a cheddar. Mm. So it's a fun thing. Now, um, while we're eating this, I want to come back in here, Nitmal, while you're chowing down on it, mm. I want to show you... I am you... chowing down. I finished my piece already. <laughs> I want to share uh, this little interview we did with um, our friend from Emmy Roth, Roger Olson, uh, who told us how to make the most amazing grilled cheese with this cheese, which is why I put it in this box. So hi, I'm Roger Olson. I work for Emmy Roth and I'm on the specialty sales team, uh, managing our sales uh, on the East and some in the Midwest. That means you get to go around and uh, take delicious cheeses to cheese stores, right? It is my favorite thing to do in this job, exactly. It's a good job. Yeah. So, um, Roger, you were just uh, in our store. We were filming how to make a Prairie Sunset grilled cheese uh, with some browned uh, apples. It was so good. What I want to do is, is try to get a succinct quick version of that recipe I think because there's interesting things you do um, so that our listeners can understand how to make that delicious cheese sandwich um, first tell us like how you prep for making your grilled cheeses so uh, as <clears throat> I was a chef in a previous career so I'm always cognizant of the uh, mise en place so I have everything ready to go uh, in this case it was I got some beautiful organic uh, Cortland apples, which I love to use for apple pie, so they're perfect for this. Prairie Sunset, a nice wedge, um, butter, any good butter will do, and a couple thick slices of bread. I like to use a nonstick or seasoned pan. Um, we use a gas burner upstairs, but you can use anything that will give off heat. And, um, <clears throat> and then lastly, we finished with uh, a couple of your Vermont pot liquor jam. So if you want something else to serve with it, those are good things to have handy. Yeah, yeah. If you got um, our box last month, you'll have you may have a little India Pale Ale jam on that. Would be delicious with this. Okay, so um, my husband finally understands what mise en place is, <laughs> but I would also push him to go ahead and shred the cheese because you shred it. He needs to have everything like really ready. Um, you slice the apples. I like the way you did it. You sort of wedged out the core. You left the skin on. And then instead of slicing it how we normally slice it for our kids' lunches, you slice from sort of top to bottom, which, like, I don't know why. I haven't ever thought of that, but it was perfect. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it was like how I would slice an onion, but not how I slice an apple. So that was great. So you have all of that ready, but you don't butter your bread. No. And, and yeah, also, it's very important. I always shred my cheese because it melts a lot more quickly. Um, and I don't butter, smear butter on the bread. I actually melt butter in the pan. So the, the whole process was melt some butter in the pan, brown my apple slices that I prepped, um, pull them out. Then I melt a little more butter in the pan and I take my, what will be my top slices and smear them in the melted butter, take them out, put them aside and making sure there's still a little more butter in the pan, I do something that I, I think really makes... I love makes, this part. Yeah. I love this, this is, part. <laughs> Listen closely. This makes it, this is the ultimate way. You put some shredded cheese directly in the pan, right into that butter, before you put your first 
your, your bottom slices down. So you, right, you just barely sprinkle it. It's, uh, right. So it has room to spread. You're not like putting a full layer of Yeah, yeah. Of just a little bottom. bit. You can even take your little grater and just shred a tiny bit into the pan. Then put your, your unbuttered other two slices in the pan. And then, then I start building the grilled cheese right in the pan. And you do this over medium heat, or medium to low heat. You really, This is a slow yeah, yeah, yeah. process. It keeps the, everything from burning if yeah. you can keep it going slow, right? You don't want to burn the grilled cheese sandwich. <laughs> it takes time to do things well. Um, add half of your, your shredded cheese that you've got ready. I'd say certainly a cup of shredded cheese, not packed per sandwich. Um, and then, then uh, one single layer of the browned apple slices that you've done, more cheese, and then the buttered piece that you did on top of that. Right. And I like to cover that with either a lid from the mm-hmm. pan. It doesn't have to be tight. Just mm-hmm. loose. And then, or a piece of tinfoil works fine. It's kind of steam. It's just holding yeah. all the heat in there, well, right? Well, it keeps the heat in. Um, it does. It reflects back that heat. It's 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 kind of essential, I think, in order to get the cheese melted without burning the slices. Oh, that's great. Um, keep an eye on it. Once you see that the bottom cheese that you shredded into the pan it has a nice golden color, you mm. take a little peek with your spatula, flip it over. Um, and cover it again. Yep. Uh, and then once it's melted, I think it it took probably seven or eight minutes uh, to do it nicely and make sure everything's completely melted. And that's it. I mean, that's it was so good. Now, could you could you um, if you wanted to make a bunch of this, they take a while. But could you make like all of your apples sort of ahead of time, sort of undercook them a little and, and let them sit so that you could like. I just, like, they were so good. I don't want to just make it for two people. I want to make it for, like, a party. Like, it seems like something where I could have maybe some of that prepped ahead of time. You could. You can actually prep the whole sandwich ahead mm. of time. Yeah. Uh, when we had at the ACS conference, uh, we... ACS is the American Cheese Society conference. Um, for those of you who are not lucky enough to go try 2,000 cheeses in one week, <laughs> that's what Roger's talking about. Uh, we host the the post-certified uh, cheese professional exam reception. <laughs> And we do grilled cheese there. And we made, I think we prepped 400 grilled Whoa. cheese sandwiches. Okay, way more than two. <laughs> way, way more than two. But we, we, the principles were all the same. We melted butter and brushed that on the bread. Mm. So we did build the sandwiches okay. up ahead of time. And we did do caramelized onions in this case. And once it was the same thing. Oh. We've got cheese, bread, or uh, sorry, bread, <laughs> cheese, onions, cheese, bread slice. And both sides were just... Brush with butter, keep yeah. it light. Yep. And the other thing I wanted to point out, uh, when you're shredding like a artisanal cheese, like uh, Prairie Sunset, that you would get from the store in the case, um, a cup of that is not equal to like a cup of craft shred. Like that stuff is is long and skinny, and it compacts down. So all of those of you who are freaking out that he just said a cup, it's like really probably two ounces, which is exactly what we put on our grilled cheeses in our store. Um, it just it's nice and fluffy. You've just shredded it, um, um, so you know. It's a cup, but it's also about two ounces. If you if you were freaking right. out There's and he was like, "Oh, whole bag of cheese!" <laughs> no, don't use that stuff. Anyways, use use this good stuff. Roger, it was so great that you came by. Thank you both for coming to the store and making us the grilled cheeses. You can check our video online, everybody. But um, thanks for sharing it with our listeners so they know what to do with some of the cheese in their box. My pleasure. Thanks. All right. So, so I have just one question after yes. watching that video. Mm-hmm. Where's my grilled cheese? <laughs> well, we brought you enough cheese. I should have brought some apples, and we can make some after this. Maybe go apple picking. Um, I'm shoving cheese in my mouth just before I talk. So 
This is a great way to kick it off. So yes, we definitely the way, put it in this there because have a of the rind. Did you already it, cut this off? Or it is this did a have rind? a rind, um, and the rind was cut off. Anymore? No. So this does have a. Um, this does come with the rind. It's cut off here, um, because like most Goudas, they usually have a wax type rind mm -hmm. or. Um, sometimes they're just rubbed with the wax. But... I can't believe that's a Gouda. I mean, I know I've said I sound like a broken record, but it's changing my mind about Goudas because it's so cheddary. Yeah, I, I encourage people like to watch for places, watch for cheese stores that do classes and take a Gouda class because then you get to, or just go there and ask them to try their range of Goudas. So ask to try different cheese milks. So try a goat Gouda and a sheep Gouda and a cow's milk Gouda that are all the same age, but then also try them, you know, ask for like, what's your oldest Gouda? And the older Gouda aged Goudas will be like, almost like candy. They are butterscotchy. And I can imagine how this one would get really um, sweet and caramely. Can you age cheese by yourself or do you have to have like a cheese cave in order to do it? I mean, it would be helpful to know what you're doing and you need to keep it a certain temperature, but there are, there's um, a company out there called Cheese Grotto, it's a free plug for them, that is a little affineur little box where you can age your own cheese. So you can make your own cheese and age it right there, or I suppose you could, um, you could age cheese that's made somewhere else. A lot of companies will do that, or cheese stores will buy cheese that's made and then they will have their own affineur, affinage um, cave where they are, they age it to exactly how they want it. Um, there's a whole science in that, and mm -hmm. usually it's really big stores that can do that. Because I was going to say, when you were saying, like, you can imagine how this would taste when it was aged, I was thinking, like, is that something that you could do, or that's something that you just have to buy it older? Yeah, I mean, some places that make a Gouda, you can eat, get their Gouda. Um, uh, Marike Gouda, which is a great Gouda, also out of Wisconsin, they have it at different ages. So you could get the same exact cheese in three or four different ages. Um, it's a really great Gouda. Um, so... Really great, really friendly. I love that it's orange. It's pretty on a cheese plate. I know you're afraid of orange cheese. But I see how, like, on a cheese plate, it is important to have that yeah, color so to hard. change it up so that everything isn't white. It's just that I wouldn't say I'm afraid of it. I would say I have a prejudice against mm -hmm. orange cheese. Like, when I see it on the plate, it's never yeah. the first one that I'm right. reaching for. And so this is one. So tip for you when you're making a cheese plate, this is one I wouldn't cut up into a cube. Because what it's going to look like are those really horrible, cheesy, pre-made cubed cheese platters you can buy already made at the grocery store um so this one i would cut into like little triangles or long sticks or I was something say, i like the way that you've cut it which nobody can see except for me but it's it is <laughs> I like cut it in skull shapes. exactly <laughs> they're amazing butterflies that move now is that they really are like long slivers almost like a fat matchstick yeah. and i think like that is an attractive shape that again makes me think of artisanal cheese more than like factory made mm -hmm. cube cheese right Exactly. Yeah. All right. Are you ready to move on to our next yeah. cheese? So this one is cut into a triangle. Um, okay. So I want you to try this one first, and then I will tell you. I'm not going to make you guess what it is unless you feel like guessing. Oops. But this is like the Gouda. Ooh, this it's is, a little stinky. Mm -hmm. This is a cheese that you know from, an, from another country, but this is the American version of it. Is it a Parmesan? Mm, it's not, but it definitely has those sort of cooked milk taste. This is called Roth Private Reserve. It is essentially a Gruyere. Oh my God, it's so good. And it's the Private Reserve, which means it's an older one. So mm. like if you go and get Gruyere at the grocery store, if you just go and they only make one, it is a inexpensive Gruyere that hasn't been aged. It's totally fine. It's a really great thing to use in like a fondue. If it's been... You, you want, usually you want a more aged one if you're going to be eating it straight up, um, usually. Um, but it's salty. 
Mm. It has that sort of almost brothy taste. Um, stinky in a delicious way. And you know, stinky, but in like a, a like super savory In the like, way that Parmesan is. Right. Which exactly. is to say, not in the way like a poise is or anything like that. Right. But what I was going to say is, a lot of times I have a prejudice against. Man, I, we're talking all about my prejudice today. I'm a very <laughs> prejudiced person, apparently. Cheese prejudice. My cheese prejudices. You're a cheesist. I am cheesist. Um, is that uh, I, I think of hard cheeses as not being particularly flavorful or not having a wide variety, being kind of mm-hmm. waxy. Yep. And like the thing is, this is a cheese that is packed with yeah. flavor and packed with like. There's a smell, there's a taste when it first goes into mm-hmm. your mouth, it's creamy, surprisingly creamy for hard cheese, and at the same time, when you're, like, done, there's kind of an aftertaste that you can still feel it. Yeah. Like, it's a really interesting, more complex cheese than I would have expected from hard cheese. Yeah. And I like it. This is interesting. So, you talked a little bit about the flavor, and it lasts. So, this is this is a thermized cheese, which we just call raw here in the United States, usually, unless you're really, like... Mm into it, which basically means it's heated up to a certain temperature, but not enough to be pasteurized. So it does kill some bacteria. When you kill the bacteria, you also kill flavor. So because it just does a little bit, it has more flavor like So this raw. is like semi-pasteurized or I like mean, totally pasteurized? Is this like- the FDA would not say it's semi-anything. They would say it's raw. Oh, um, okay. But it is, it is, you know, part of the way to pasteurization, but not necessarily part of the way to being what they consider sterile and safe for pasteurization. But but that's so exciting. I remember when you couldn't get unpasteurized yeah. cheeses in America. That was always what, when you went to France, you were like, oh my God, cheese tastes different here. All of it. Yes. Um, so that is a delightful, that is like, what I love about this is we're showcasing American cheeses and that is an American cheese that could go head to head with some of the best careers mm. there. I would I eat that on a sandwich. I would right? eat it on a boat yeah. with a moat. <laughs> and what I also would say is, you know, <clears throat> cheese can be... Good artisanal cheese can be expensive. Like, let's not lie about it. Mm-hmm. But you don't need a pound of this. Like, if I'm nibbling on one of those awful, like, cheddar things, I, I, I need, I don't need a lot to make me happy. But I'm I mean, doing it just to fill myself and not because I'm enjoying it. This I would savor and eat slower. I need less of it. I also think things that are more flavorful in general mm-hmm. uh, are more satisfying because you need less of it. Like, if you shred mm-hmm. some of this cheese and put it on a salad or put it in mm-hmm. a soup or something mm-hmm. like that, you don't need the boatload that you yeah. do of, like, the shaky parmesan from yeah, the store yeah, yeah. or, like, you know what I mean, whatever it is. Because this has the flavor packed into a smaller sort of yeah. square inches. This is exactly what you could shred on a little French onion soup or something. It would be really great. Really, really great. All right. I mean, I would shred a lot, but that's just... <laughs> you can totally shred a that's, lot. That's a I love it when it goes over the edge yes. and it's like sticky and it sticks to the edge and it gets yeah. all crunchy and stuff. All right. So the next cheese... Is this the one that's going to trip me up? Is this the one you said no, no, is no, going to no. show why this is the vampire box? <laughs> yes. Okay. It's not going to trip you up, but you're, you're going to understand the whole rest of the box after this one. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting smell. Almost dill, maybe, mm-hmm. or something? Maybe. Hmm. Maybe, maybe not. Hmm. So, this cheese has is a cheddar, and it has garlic in it. Hmm. And it is called... Vampire Slayer. Ah, because there's so much garlic yeah, in it. Yeah, so this one, oh, and I didn't tell you, the last, both, the first two cheeses that we had were both from Emmy Roth from Wisconsin. This cheese is from Face Rock Creamery um, in Oregon. Um, they make some delicious cheeses out there. This is one that's really hard to get on the East Coast, but we brought it in because 
well, one, so everybody would have garlic breath on the East Coast. Mm. But it is nice. It's, it's funny. Like, when you first bite it, you can tell that there's it's flavored. We don't carry much, if any, flavored cheeses at our store because we're really picky about them. But this one, you get that. You're like, I'm eating something that's beyond just cheese. And then when you're done, you're like, oh, I have garlic breath. That was delicious. Like, this one really lasts forever. But it's not just the cheese that's sticking around. My piece disappeared. Oh, no. You'll have to have another piece. I know. That was really good. And again, like, that for me was a more classic hard cheese in some ways. Yep. The first two had kind of creamy consistency mm -hmm. that sort of, like, made a mouth. When you chew it, it's like your mouth gets more full somehow. Yep. This one does not. It has sort of a lighter consistency. Right. But the garlic and the flavor in the garlic is definitely there. And it's, like, almost like fresh garlic, like green herbs. It's not like it's mm -hmm. a garlic powder. And so you have the feeling almost if cheese can be considered fresh, which is funny because cheese is obviously something <laughs> that is like aged and mm -hmm. purposely not fresh, mm -hmm. but that has a sort of almost fresh feeling to it. Like in some weird ways, I know this is fall and it's October and it's the vampire slayer, but it almost feels like a spring cheese to me. Oh yeah. I mean, that makes a lot of sense. We'd have to call it like Easter bunny slayer. Then if we did that. All right. I want you to take, this is the take another piece. Curse, yeah. And have, um, yeah, it's one of the, one of the many, one of the many plagues. plagues. So try Garlic. this again. And then I want you to go back and try the Gouda, which we thought tasted a lot like cheddar. So try the vampire slayer again. Okay. And, um, cause when we ate the, the Gouda, the prairie mm -hmm. sunset at first, it really seemed like a cheddar, but now I want to take you to, a sip of water okay, in between. Cleanse your palate. I don't know why that's so fancy sounding, but it is. <laughs> this water is fancy. Wildly different flavors. Right? Entirely Wild, different. Not only just different flavors, the mouthfeel. Mm-hmm. It's so different. The creaminess of the orange cheese. Yep. The sort of more crisp, like, togetherness, mm -hmm. almost, of the... I don't know. They're just... They're wildly yeah. different cheeses. This is where I'm like... this. Tasting cheeses together is really interesting to me. It's like when you're trying to match a paint color with a pillow or a couch mm. or something, and you're like, this is red. And then you hold it next to something red, you're like, this is not red. This oh is God. purple. I was literally at Home Depot the other day, and the paint guy blew my mind. I was looking at different shades of white. Yeah. You know, I have like 20 white chips in my hands. And he goes, oh, what are you looking for? I was like, I'm trying to figure out which white I want. He said, oh, well, hold on a second. And he says, this is white. And he hands me this card. And <gasps> everything in my hands turns out to be like blue and uh, yellow. And oh. like, I suddenly, I was like, what? My brain just exploded. <laughs> but so that's the thing yeah. here, which is like, I think it's the same idea, which is you think you know what something tastes like or you have a sense of it. And the thing I like about the curd box, I have to say, is that with each time that you taste either a cheese against a cheese or you taste it with a pairing, it does that mind-blowing thing where you go, oh my God, this is not what I thought this tasted like because it's the comparison, yeah. it's the mashup of the two together. Yeah, and I, I just wanted to bring that out because I want people to taste them with the different pairings, and we usually do that, but I was like, it's fun to taste them with the different cheese, like go cheese back and taste them. cheese versus cheese, which yes. one will win? <laughs> exactly. Um, all right. So, so yeah, so this is our vampire repellent box because it's a garlic-themed box. So, um, But our first two cheeses didn't have garlic in them because we didn't want to overdo it, but they do go with garlic-flavored items. They are things that will stand up to sort of that umami kind of spicy kick of a garlic. So the pairings that we have today all have different levels of garlic in them. And I think we should – let's start with the olives. And by the way – 
you, I happen to know, are not an olive person. I what? Okay, I'm so, a little bit shocked to see the uh, olives on this plate. These are so good, and I have learned to become an olive person. When I bought the store, when I bought the store, I didn't buy it. I created it. When we opened the store, we started working on the store. I did not like olives, but I had heard somewhere, I don't know if it's true, if you eat something seven times, you will like it, unless you have, like, a body chemistry that doesn't Mm -hmm. like it. So I would go next door to this great little um, sandwich shop right next door called Cuddy's, a plug for Cuddy's, um, and they make this sandwich called a Spucky, and it basically has a carrot and olive salad on it. And I would get that almost every single day. And now I love olives. I don't like the black canned ones that me you neither. get really cheap. You I know, like I those. just they just taste like the inside of a can to me. But I now will love eat olives. green olives in particular. So good. And these, these are green good. olives. So these are a basil and garlic olive from a company called Olives. O L O V E S. Mmm, they're sweet. Yeah. So fun. Mmm. To me, more, I mean, they're not a caper, but I don't know, because they're, they're little. They're definitely not they're... salty in the way that a caper mm-hmm. is, and they're not almost, like, bitter in the way. Yeah. I love capers that yeah. capers are, or even a caper berry. They are surprisingly sweet for an olive. Like, yeah. they almost have a fruity Yeah. They taste uh, super fresh. To them. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. so these are from I have to Morocco. imagine that with the vampire slayer cheese, mm. the fresh and the fresh is going to be good. Mm, it's going to be good. All right, so, yeah, so a beautiful little, that. all right, flavored um olive i like that this is basil and garlic so here we're playing with this idea of not just straight up garlic like the cheese but you know Mm. how do we expect to see garlic well one way is in sort of an italian pairing with the the olive uh with the garlic and basil there i think these are dangerously nibbleable yes i think if i don't watch you you might eat them all while i'm talking (laughs) well i'm just saying because i've been eating the vampire slayer and the green olives and i can tell you I feel like I'm eating a salad. It's so healthy, Pacey. No, but it does. It has that, like, fresh mm. feeling. Mm. It has a really just, like, nice, fresh feeling. I don't know how to describe I know. it. Now I kind of mm. want to make a pasta salad with these olives mm. in it and little chunks of the... Actually, you know what? It's just like, I, like, I was going to say pasta with this. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. mixing it with, like... like mac and cheese. Oh, that would be really good, too. But even just, like, a little fresh linguine... Mm. And a couple olives and a couple chunks of these cheese, you'd be like in heaven. Mmm, dinner. If there's any left. I I was going to say, how does eating this make me more hungry? That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I I just love this guy. It's great. We'll we'll, we'll have a little time near the end to taste it with everything else and see what we else would like paired together. But I I love these. Um, I know olives are not things that everybody likes. Those people who don't like olives, I encourage you to try these. These are not regular olives. They are not like knock your socks off. Ooh, they're stinky. Smell like it's inside of a can. Olives. Um, if you if you're a caper kind of person or something, and you can handle that brined that briny taste, these don't aren't terribly briny either. So they're kind of mild. They're kind of friendly. I think you'll. I think you might like these. Um, all right, so let's move on to um, the almonds. So these are shiny and beautiful garlic almonds from Sante Nuts. Um, we sell a lot of different kinds of Sante Nuts at the store because everybody likes these. Oh no, there's none left for you. <laughs> these are the best. We like these so much. This is actually here's a secret: when you get a tray from us, mm-hmm. these are the nuts that we put on our tray. Mm. Um, so this is giving us a different garlic profile. There's, there actually is a little sweetness in this as well, but it's a real sweetness, not necessarily like the olives, which just seem to be sweet. There's also some fire. There's a kick. 
Yeah. There's total kick to this. If you, you know, if it hits your lips a little, your lips tingle a little bit. But it's not like, if anybody said they didn't like spicy things, I would not say these, you know, these aren't something you'd eat. It's that garlic spice, that garlic heat. So this is our, our sort of ode to the hot side of garlic, are these nuts. And I think that the creaminess of the nut, too, while you're eating it, sort of combats that spiciness. I think it's delicious. Um, I really love, um, I love these Sante nuts. These were um, started, this company was started by a single mom. I love single moms out there, killing it. Um, and uh, her name is Sarah, and she, you know, needed to find uh, a career or something to do. Um, people said she was nuts. No, well, she was kidding. making, like, roasted nuts for her kids. Like, yeah. that's how it started. So you never know. Okay. When you're making something, the next thing for your kid, you could be starting a whole... It's the Shark Tank story. <laughs> It's totally, totally a shark string story. All right. One more item on our plates. And these are East Shore Specialty Foods seasoned pretzels. So, mmm, crunchy. Very crunchy. Delicious. Here's the story behind these pretzels. This company makes mustards. We carry some of their mustards, too. And they would go to shows and they would need people to be able to sample the mustards and like nobody just wants like a spoonful of mustard so they got pretzels and they would dip the pretzels in them. Um, this is herbs and garlic and uh, a Worcestershire sauce and then they marinate the pretzels and then bake them a second time. It's very similar to like a Chex Mix or um, you might have, you know, one of those pretzel bread Chex kind of mixes you can get on the market that aren't necessarily from Chex. Um, but they would make these to sample the mustard and people liked them so much they wanted to buy them. So it became a product. Well, you know what's interesting is they're not like covered in salt. Mm-hmm. They're not actually like covered in flavor, meaning that like they're such a strong flavor you can't eat them with something. I mm-hmm. can see the way that they would be good to taste mustards because they have a subtle flavor, mm-hmm. but they are still very bready. Mm-hmm. And so they're one of those things that's like a good carrier for yeah. other stuff, for stronger flavors like mustard, mm-hmm. for stronger things like cheese, for stronger, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's like, sometimes I feel the thing is you like thing, the way that things taste individually, but then you forget that when you combine them, if you have two very strong flavors, it's tough. Yep. And this is a more delicate It's definitely a delicate. is what I would say. I don't get an overwhelming, like I was smell, doing a lot of smelling because I actually smell more mm-hmm. than I actually taste yeah. in some ways. Mostly mm. I taste pretzel. I don't taste that much seasoning. Yeah. I think um, this is definitely our subtle side. This is really when garlic plays nice with others, right? So not, so garlic in it definitely, but, but um, not the feature. I like it with, which is this cheese, the triangle That one? is the uh, Roth Private Reserve. Roth Private Reserve and the pretzels are a nice combination. Yeah. So people ask us sometimes about crackers. We don't put crackers in every time. Why? Because not that all crackers are boring. Crackers are not all boring. When we put crackers in, we think they're great. Um, but these three cheeses don't need a cracker. You know, you need a cracker when you can't actually, like, the only way to eat the cheese is to, like, put it on a spoon or put it on a surface. So really what we wanted to do is put some crunch on this plate. We did it with the little nuts, but we do it with the pretzels. So the pretzels are just playing around here with that flavor profile. They play nice with the um, cheeses. The, the um, olives are giving us that salad feel. Well, I like the idea. You don't always need a cracker when you have cheese. I mean, cheese and crackers right. is sort of an old cliche. But 
let's face it, the crackers take up a lot of eating space. <laughs> yes. But, you know, yeah. I mean, the thing is, like, it is nice to taste things sort of without that pr- cracker protection, so to speak. And the other thing is people are very picky about crackers. Right. Yeah. And people are very picky about the texture of it, all that kind of stuff. What I like is I read once that when you put together a salad, you should always have something crunchy, something yep. soft, something like they have this mm-hmm. whole list of textures that mm-hmm. you should have. And I think the same thing is true about a cheese plate. And it's like you have the soft of the olives. You have like the strong flavor, uh, you know, of the Roth Private Reserve. Roth Private Reserve, thank you for cueing me. You have the, you know, sort of strong flavor in the uh, almonds. And there's a crunch there. You have a more subtle, but cr- I mean, like it has a nice yeah. mixture. So it all kind of goes yeah, together. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like you have to have everything the same because you're, you're tasting and comparing them together, or you really got to mix it up so that everything has its ability to shine. Um, all right, so what things? So you're liking the Roth Private Reserve with the pretzels. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that. Yep. Um, I like the Roth Private Reserve. With, I like the Roth Private Reserve basically with anything. Yeah. Having tasted it with everything, it mm-hmm. does go really well. The olives and the garlic killer, to me are such a different taste than Mm -hmm. anything else in the box. Like, that just, hands down, I'm just like, what? (laughs) Yeah. That is such a different taste, and I really appreciate that. I think the orange cheese. Prairie Sunset. The Prairie Sunset I must try as a grilled cheese, and I love his idea, too, of doing it with an apple, Mm -hmm. because I can see that something sweet with this would be delicious and yeah. really nice. So that's another idea. Plus, you know, a pound of butter doesn't hurt. Right. A pound of butter is always a helps the <laughs> cheese sandwich go down. It totally does. Exactly. No, this is really interesting. I mean, you know, when you said it was going to be a garlic box and it was the vampire slayer, I was ready to be like, I can't go near anybody for four days. <laughs> but this is really not, this is more about like the idea of garlic. Yes, mm-hmm. there is some garlic flavor in the vampire slayer and there are some garlic elements in various yep. things, but... Overall, I would not say, like, everything has garlic. Yeah. It's more like, oh, this complements garlic. This has the bite of garlic. This yep. has the, you know, flair of garlic. This is going to... And I really like that. So it's a, it's a different way of looking at garlic. I would say another thing that, for me, has been really interesting about these curd boxes mm-hmm. is I appreciate the intellectual content in terms of, you know, I think an eating experience is visual. It's obviously about smelling. It's obviously about tasting. But also to think about things like how does this go together why do i like this that kind of stuff i think is really exciting and makes it sort of even a more richer more full experience yeah i think you can enjoy you can put all of these cheeses on a plate and enjoy them you can enjoy them with friends they don't ever need to know that it's vampire slayer that's our goal is that it stands alone but also that you know there's this fun element to each box um we want you to think about cheeses how we're thinking and i hope that when people are trying these different boxes, they're learning something different every time. So, like, garlic is not always the same. Um, and there are things that will make it shine, and there are things that will let it let it just mellow out. Um, and it doesn't have to be overwhelming. But it's, it's, a, it's a fun thing to do, is to take a theme. Um, I encourage people, like, so this will be my takeaway for everybody who has this box or doesn't have this box. Pick a theme in the next 30 days before our next box comes out. Um, it could even be like a dinner theme. So think of, of how you could, it could be a color, it could be a flavor, it could be a place. But think of a theme and see if you enjoy what you ate more because you had to think about it in a different, with a different point of view. Because you had to have that intellectual aspect mm-hmm. where you're really analyzing it. Yeah. 
But it's totally okay if you just like eating it. <laughs> it's totally okay. Oh, excellent. Julie, thank you so much for eating another plate of cheese with me today. Oh, yeah. Bring me cheese. All right. If you want to follow Julie, you can follow her at what Julie ate. You can follow Sante Nuts at Sante Nuts. Uh, East Shore Foods is at East Shore Foods. I'm going through all of these. Um, both of our cheeses are from Emmy Roth Cheese, and you can follow them at Emmy, E-M-M-I, Cheese USA. And you can follow Face Rock Cheese on Instagram. It's at F-R-C underscore cheese. Otherwise, on Twitter, they're at Face Rock Cheese. And you can follow Curdbox at Curdbox and our store at Curds and Co. Thank you so much for eating cheese. We will see you next month. Bye.